mark the radio dial setting at MotorCityGaming.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. Welcome to Gamezilla Alpha, where... 8-Bit Steve! 8-Bit Steve? I know that guy! That's the... that. Wait, maybe I don't know that... No, no, that's the guy... Um, he, he He's, like, fast, and uh, mm-hmm. something about yep. running, Yep. and um, yep. he's the, the he's the Flash. Just, just, he's stop. The, just stop, just stop. I, I, he's the Flash, right? Basically. Yeah, but, we'll get to that, okay? Can you but, just not ruin this the entire guy? episode? Is that the guy? No, is that- it's not the guy. Shut up. Welcome to Gamezilla Alpha, episode 33, with my lovely co-host, 8-Bit Steve! <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, um, we kicked Jazzy Fiddle off the show. Um, that that last bit you heard was it's the, the last sound clip I had saved in the hard drive, so... Um, we're free of him. You don't have to ever worry about him. Let me just mute this mic just in case, and there we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jazzy. How are you doing? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I so wanted to do like my best impression of Steven from The Legend of Retro, and then I was like, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> it's too it's, difficult. It's, yeah. That guy has got a unique he's one, voice. He's one of a kind. Let's make sure he never comes <sighs> back. Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. All right, we well, have 8-Bit Steve here, so I'm excited. That's right. We do have a special guest here, 8-Bit Steve. We'll, uh, we'll get into a little bit about what he does and why he's here on Gamezilla Alpha, episode 33. Um, we do have a, a special interview, and yeah. uh, that's basically our topic. We're not going to give it away just yet, but... Uh, yeah, well, that is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show, along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Start your patronage today, because you could get something super unique, like early access to 8-Bit Steve. <laughs> Everybody else, you ooh, ain't going like to hear that. Steve's voice until Can Sunday. Can we just make that a perk? Early access to 8-Bit Steve. We won't even give it a definition of what it is. Right. It's just just the sound of it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. take my and money. Quote, <laughs> and and like, in parentheses, it'll be like, whatever you're thinking, Yes. <laughs> All right, well, let's turn the mics to 8-Bit Steve. Uh, we, we've been in contact with, uh, with 8-Bit Steve for a little while now trying to uh, build some projects that we could work with. And uh, you know, he approached us with uh, an interview opportunity that uh, we just we couldn't say no to. It, it was uh, a pretty exciting moment, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get into that now. But first, let's find out a little bit about 8-Bit Steve. Well, uh, I approached you with the interview because I knew you couldn't say no. That's that's why I approached you with it. So, you no, have a we, solid we, point there. We My talked. first question, though, is your name really Steve? Yes. Yes, it is. Damn it. Is I was hoping that it really wasn't. 8-Bit? Some people do call me 8-Bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been called that before. So some people know me as 8-Bit. Some people call Jazzy Leaky. Leaky? Yeah. Is that yeah. like bladder-wise or? Other good? thing. Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't ask. Anyway. So 8-Bit. 8-Bit. <laughs> yeah, you can call me 8-Bit if you want. It's kind of weird still. It's been kind of a, last couple of years, I, 8-Bit Steve was a moniker that I they took on, obviously. It, like Jazzy or, or whatever, Grimlock. But, um, no, I mean, we've been trying to, we've been trying to connect for a while on uh, Motor City Gaming, and I've been listening to the show for a, for a while since I started talking to you. And so it's been sort of a thing for me. And, um... I just wanted to come on and 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 bring bring eight bit Steve products and eight bit Steve speed running stuff to the show, you know, because I'm very passionate about retro and speed running in in Michigan, and I am the forefront. I mean, I am the fastest speed runner in the state. I have the most world records. Um, so I just it just seemed like a good pairing. Yeah, and that's the big thing. So speed runs, we you know we've covered uh, games done quick, right? That's that's the popular one that we'll talk about on the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we have uh, within the within the group, I am the champion when it comes to one thing, and that's Mega Man Legacy, Seth speed run, 
I still am beating Xander by like four seconds. So that's that's the only speed run I've ever done, and it'll probably be the only one I, I ever do. Well, you fucked up. Oh no! Because you just said this in front of Abe. I know. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> and now he's gonna, gonna go it. crush no, the no, shit no, no, out no, no, of that. I was I was fourth on the I leaderboard. I will pay you to crush the shit out of that record. <laughs> I couldn't. When it happened, it was a, like it wasn't me that did that. I'm just saying, like I was possessed by Ape at Steve. May, maybe <laughs> that was the beginning. But uh, so, anyways, speed running always a super fascinating topic. Mm-hmm. And so, when you when you reached out and, and started talking about yourself and and what you've been able to accomplish, yeah, it just made sense to to get you on the show and uh, and and bring a whole other aspect of gaming that we don't. Uh, give enough time to uh, generally. So, um, so yeah. why? Why did you start speed running? Well, what, what draws you to like, man? I enjoyed that. Now I want to do it really fast. I didn't know at first if I was going to like it. Um, so there's a lot of lot of dark stuff about speed running that people probably don't know, like the thousand resets and the and the hours and hours playing the same game. For me, um, sort of like the person that I may or may not have interviewed later in the show. I started doing this uh, speedrun thing kind of an accident before it was even a thing. I would, I would, uh, kids would come over to my house when I was a kid. I could beat DuckTales and Legend of Zelda and Mega Man 2 when I was, you know, six, seven. They would come over after school and watch me play through those games. And so it was a way for me to socially interact with those kids. And then as I got older, games kind of went out and then they came back. And speedrunning for me was, hey, I see these people doing these speedruns. Hey, I can do that. And I wanted to see where I was skill-wise. I knew I was good. I just wasn't sure where. So I was like, maybe I suck or maybe it's not going to be something that I love. The first one that I did was Kung Fu Heroes, which is a really difficult game. I only did it because I tried. I was trying lots of different games. And the game just made me so angry. I was like, this game has to this game has to be beat. Like it has to, it has to <laughs> it be has punished. To, it has to die. Yeah. Right. So I, I got a really fast record in that game. It's still not perfect, but it's it's no one's ever going to play that game and beat that record because it's just so frustrating and random. It's one of the most random NES games I've ever played. So you can't really determine what's going to happen in it. So I, I did that. I loved it. I moved on to other world records. I have a Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom, which is a, a point-and-click adventure game I had as a kid. And then I have two records in Golden Axe for the Sega Genesis, and then Pirates of Dark Water for the Super Nintendo. Oh God, Pirates of Dark no. Water! Yeah, we played that on a on a retro relapse not that long ago. I don't even know how you'd have a speedrun record on that. I I couldn't even play the game. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I love that show so much. I love the show too, and it was really short. I think it had like twelve episodes or something before they canceled it. But I I, lo- I watched the show as a kid. Uh, it's a co-op record, so I did it with a friend of mine. I taught him. The game is really simplistic, so I was like, hey, you can do this. It doesn't take anything crazy. Most of the time, you're just throwing enemies into pits off the screen, and I, I figured out all the glitches in it for him, and basically I was like, just do this. Um, but I, I love it because it, I'm a competitive person, and I try to compete at things. And so when I found out I could speed run really fast, it, it was exciting, you know, because AGDQ, you know, People are watching these speedrunners donating a million dollars. So it's a skill that I have, and that I want to market it, and I want to be good at it. You know, so I think um, I think anyone could could be a speedrunner, honestly. And I, I try to f- I try to get everyone to do it because it's just really fun. And I think that I I agree with him because I had I knew little to nothing about speedrunning, and it wasn't until a game like Mega Man Legacy uh, came out where they built a speedrun mode into it. They, and then we went to PAX West in Seattle, 2015, and they had a Mega Man competition right there. Like right there in their booth, you could sign up, and X amount of people ran this one speed run challenge. Mm-hmm. And you could practice hours before, um, and then you know when game time went, you got two runs, you took the best out of the two. And so I, I, we, uh, Chops and I did it, and it was like super fun, and on top of it, it it gave me, I don't know, a new way to play Mega Man that I never thought about playing Mega Man before. It used to be like when I, and I love Mega Man, but it used to be when I play Mega Man, it's just to beat it. It's just to, you know, go through it in whatever pattern it is and and beat it. And then this was like, how can I shave off just a little bit in this section? Like, should I have, should I have you know, slid or, or, or what, what am I missing that this guy beat me by 0.2 of a second, you know? And... So sure enough, the game came out. I bought it, and and I didn't even play the normal games. I just went to the speed run. I unlocked unlocked the speed runs down to the one that I played in PAX at PAX South, and and, and I practiced and practiced. And then Xander, of course, decided that he was going to start challenging me. 
And we went back and forth for like six months taking each other's lead until we got up to the top of the leaderboard and we were sitting at like fourth place. And it was super addicting and just super fun. And, and I, I agree. I think if if a game can push you enough, if if a game uh, means enough to you and you want to sit there and put the time in, you you can uh, perform at a, at a great level, um, you know, for speedrunning. So, Steve, what would be your advice for somebody like me who is a little more don't just OCD when it comes to games? No answer for this one. In the fact that I like that like stealthy approach, and I like going through a game slow and not getting hit and undetected. Like I let, for me, I like going through a game and like not taking any damage. Like that's the goal in some of these games for me. It's like mm-hmm. going undetected, stealth, and take no damage at the end of the game. And speedrunning, you can't really do that because you have to take damage and get hit in certain spot in hurt certain spots. What in if order I to- told you you could? I could go through a whole game without taking any damage. Yeah, what if I told you you could? So uh, another unknown thing about speedrunning is there are lots of different categories for a specific game. Okay, so generally uh, you guys are familiar with any percent. Okay, that's the standard category, which that means beat the game using any trick, glitch, damage, whatever you can. But some games have a no damage category. Beat the game as fast as you can without taking damage. Or beat the game as fast as you can with collecting every single item. Or whatever the case is. And you can even create your own categories and run them yourself and post them on a leaderboard, which is why speedrun.com is so popular because it's very customizable to what the runners want. It's a runner, a speedrunner ran website. So for you, you could say, hey, I want to go through, uh, you know, Tenchi Stealth Assassin for the PS1 without ever being detected. That's a category. And then you put a time up and you post on the leaderboard. And then other people can see it, and they can see if they can beat your time. So it's really fun and addicting to come up with your own categories as well. But another thing uh, on that point is a speed run of a game, an any percent speed run, is a completely different game than playing it normally, as he's found out. It's a totally different experience, totally different uh, mindset. Now when I see a game, it's, it almost kind of ruins you, because now when I, when I watch a retro game, I'm like, oh... This is how you speedrun this. You know, this is where you jump, and this so it changes your perspective of the game. Um, and for you, if you were going to do a no damage run, and you have a record in no damage, every game you look at, you're going to be like, "How am I going to get a no damage run here?" You're right. Gonna, you're going <laughs> right. to look at that, right? Yeah. So it, it expands gaming, and it, it brings life into other games that you wouldn't think. It adds replayability, like he's saying, and it's just a super fun, obscure thing. But for this state, there's not a lot of people who do it or, or watch it. And uh, I think it can be really fun. So for you guys, I mean, you should watch more of it. And you should do more of it. Okay, and then uh, last question for, for 8-Bit Steve is, we're assuming the name was born because of where you st- began playing video games? or, or- It's tough. Um, so what happened was, is I a couple years ago, before I started my YouTube channel, um, which has about 200 playthroughs of NES games, by the way, Battletoads, Dr. Jekyll, Silver Surfer, all the hard ones around there. Um, I decided that I wanted to have a marketable name. So we, we, I talked to all my friends, and they just threw names in a hat. So um, a long time ago when I was a kid, they used to call me Nintendo Steve. Um, so what would happen is a kid would come up at school and say, hey, uh, you know, Steve can beat uh, you know, Mega Man 2. Oh, you mean Nintendo Steve? That's what everyone that's what everyone called me at school. Nintendo Steve. Because I they'd be like, hey, I can't get past this part in Zelda. I can't get past this thing. And they would come talk to me. So uh, Nintendo Steve sounded kind of awkward. So we switched it to 8-bit. Um, after I, I adopted that name a couple years ago, there was a guy on YouTube called 8-bit Eric. Um, and he has a pretty popular show, so that was kind of embarrassing. Um, and then you guys have an 8-bit guy too, right? Um, I saw him in your Discord. What was that guy? Oh, we have uh, AJ. we have eight bit AJ. We have, AJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the lady of Discord. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. oh, that's a that's a female. Yeah, I yeah. did not know that. Yep. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, uh, for me, it's just you know, I'm Steve. I play eight bit games. It makes sense. Um, you know, we we I've discussed changing that. You know, maybe that's something we can maybe we could have a playoff or a, a poll or something <laughs> in the future. I but, mean, it's uh, a solid. It's a solid name. And, and, and beat him be, and change his name. And to be honest, <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you, you don't want you don't want to be Nintendo Steve because with the way Nintendo acts about their uh, IP, their their IPs and trademarks and everything, yeah. no. they sue uh, you for not only the name Nintendo and back. They somehow would own you. Yeah. yeah right. No. Yep. <laughs> yep. And they'd make you change it. Not only the Nintendo part, but you'd have to change Steve too. <laughs> so now you'd be like Bill. So they'll, they'll, they'll copyright <laughs> Nintendo yeah. Steve, and then, and then your then... mom. 
mom's gonna call you and be like, hey, Steve, and be like, oh, there's no Steve here. No, <laughs> it'll get I, really I, awkward. I don't want that. It just kind of it kind of happened naturally, and it is what it is now. So, all right. So you are a um, you're a speed runner. Yes. You got world records. Yes. And you're you're sharing that stuff on YouTube, everything like that. So yeah. because of that, you were able to um, network and and make some friends, and through that. We're we're sitting here today with a with a special interview. Yes, a very exclusive interview. So, uh, for those of you listening to this in Detroit, we had a big convention called Yumacon. Um, so this is kind of a. Uh, I'll try to keep it short for you guys. So, uh, Midwest Gaming uh, Midwest Media Expo, sorry, um, is a, also a convention here in Detroit, and it's owned by the same guys who does Yumacon. So uh, a YouTuber, am I am I saying his name or are we are we just saving it for? Them? You can drop it. Go okay, for it. So there it is. There's a YouTuber Cornshack. Uh, he has about 23,000 subscribers, and I've been following him for a very long time. You guys have seen his videos. Um, he was coming to the to the Dearborn Expo uh, kind of on late notice. So uh, on a whim, I just I, I, I spammed his Facebook, uh, and I emailed the crap out of him, and I said, hey, let's do an interview. Uh, we, want, we want a Detroit interview with you. And he agreed. And um, I was like, hey, but I want it to be with just me. You know, don't, don't interview with anyone else. He said, that's fine. So then they canceled the Expo. And I got super bummed, and uh, he was like, last well... Last minute. They last minute Yeah, it was like yeah. two days before, guys. It they, wasn't Midwest's fault. It wasn't their fault. It, no. Something happened with the actual um, facility. Yeah, well, I, I knew a guy uh, at the time that knew the owner of Midwest Media Expo. And from what he was telling me, and this is just all speculation, uh, what normally happens at a con is they book it, and then when the, when the entrance come and they pay their entrance fee, they start paying the bills off for the con. So it's kind of an assumed thing that the hotel's not going to get any money up front. OK, and this hotel got new management about a week or two before that. And they were like, no, 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 no. You have to prepay all these rooms. And they're like, that's impossible to pay you, you know, sixty thousand dollars. Like, that's just not realistic. And so they're like, well, you know, GTFO, basically. So, yeah, um, that's not going to happen this next year. They've they've since taken precautions for that. But in any case, um, they gave Cornshack a free, you know, free ride out to Yumacon for that and all the displaced uh, guests. And uh, I emailed him and said, hey, you still want to do it? He said, yes. Um, we hooked up at Yumacon and we did the interview. And from what I heard I, um, from another another podcast that I won't name, uh, Yumacon was was banning interviews on site um, in, the, in the con area. It uh, was not allowed there. So as far as I know, this is the only Yumacon interview available um, oh, wow. at all. Because they but Steve got it. Yeah, I did. This yeah. is a straight because he this knows straight me. gorilla interview style. Yes. yes, we did it in his room. Some so. Zilla activity happened. Yes, that's what we call that. Yeah, is that what is that what it was you, you did it in his? We uh, did it in his room. Yeah, we call that Detroit hustle. I I made it I made it happen. I got the interview for you guys, and um, you know, Gamezilla was was nice enough to put it on their podcast for me. Yeah. So before we get, man, you didn't tell me this. I don't. I don't tell you. You were everything. like, man, a bit. Steve interviewed Cornshack, and I was like, what? You didn't tell me that he was a BA too. <laughs> Man, I don't tell you everything, okay? It's for your own good. Okay. All right. Before we get into this interview, I just want to say- Steve, beat him up. <laughs> I was going to say He's that- He's a BA. Do, he'll beat you up. We do- uh, I have watched Corn Shack, and it's funny that when this when this interview got brought to my attention from 8-Bit Steve, I, I drew a blank at first. I was like, why do I know that name? And then I went and looked. I love his reviews. Yes. His game reviews are like, they're real. Right, and I think that's like from our podcast, we always talk about how it's you know by gamers for gamers. We we just it's it's hands on our opinion, and if it's not a favored opinion, we don't care. Like this is we just say it like it is. Like right now, Bungie can go fuck themselves because their because their game's a disaster. Like and not a lot of people like that, and you know and companies like GameStop and everything hate us for it, and it's fine because guess what, Bungie is not doing a good job right now, people, and you need to know that. We don't need to feed you bullshit like, keep playing Destiny 2. It's not that bad. Yes, it is. It's that bad. Oh, yes, it is. P- play it if you, want, if you want to, but it's that bad. Okay, I'm getting off topic. Anyways, his game <laughs> reviews are real. And so I'll watch a game review. What was the last one I watched of his? I think it was um, Bubsy, the Bubsy relaunch. The Wild um, Woolies? Yeah, a game that my wife was excited for because she played the old school ones on the Sega Genesis. Claws Encounter. Yeah, and it was, it was, it, he he ripped it apart, man. Like to the point where I was like, man, Jade, I don't think we're gonna buy this game, <laughs> at least not at full price, because 
it it does not look good. Like I, I watched the gameplay, I listened to him, and that's what I really like about him is that he's just it's no bullshit. It's just real, and and, uh, and he breaks it down like yeah. throughout the whole game too. It's not just a here's an overall view of the game. It sucked. Have a great day. No, you know, he tells you it, why. it's yeah. He'll tell you why, and then he'll go through. And he'll be like, you want to know what this? The beginning was just super slow, and I didn't like it. And then this part, this was good, and yeah. this is why, and this is really cool. But then you guys fucked up here, and then right. you know, but, and, so he'll, he breaks and he'll it cover down. it. He'll cover it from stuff like you know, le- like a newer game like you know, Bubsy to uh, you know, uh, a the the mummy the mummy. Uh, platform game that just came out that's based off the brand new mummy movie that bombed in the in the movie they theaters. made a game for that movie yeah they came out with like some um like 2d platforming game that i guess actually is pretty good can you play as tom cruise I, I, right because I, I would i would love to do yeah, that uh out of nowhere this this game so and, and i hadn't even heard of it until i saw his video so that was kind of cool is that these off you know these games that aren't just call of duty world war Two nine out of ten because it's Call of Duty, like you know, it's not that, which is what we get out of the out of the mainstream. So, anyways, super cool dude. The interview went great. We want to thank Eight Bit Steve once again for for the hard work and and uh, breaking the rules at Yumicon. And uh, we're gonna I'm we're gonna BA. I'm a rebel. Uh, yeah, and yeah. being a BA. But let's get into that interview. BA Steve, that's his new name. That's funny you actually say that. Uh, a long time ago, uh, my I had a girlfriend from Canada, and she used to call me BTS. Which was Big Tough Steve, there so it's go. funny that you're BTS. saying BTS. BT. Yeah. Listen. All right. Can this is just, a, this is the exclusive thing. I'm just gonna come up with all these great names, and then I'm gonna have to like pawn them off and try to con somebody else into like saying it's their idea because I'm never gonna beat them in video games. So can we get you to calm down now so we can get the corn corn check? All right. Here's corn check. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Eight Bit Steve. I'm here at Yumacon 2017, Detroit, Michigan. I'm also here with my friend Corn Check. He's a YouTuber and speedrunner. I just want to say thank you so much for letting GameZilla Podcast and Water City Gaming interview for this. Uh, I think it'll bring a lot of uh, more eyes to you from Detroit. I've always uh, followed you, so it's been uh, really nice to meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, we're just going to start right off. We're going to ask you some some very general stuff to get people familiar with Corn Shack. I've been familiar with it a long time. So your logo, it looks almost like a modified version of the Punisher logo. Can you tell us a little bit about how that was made? Um, so basically, uh, on my live stream, because it basically became my live stream kind of icon, my logo, um, okay. it kind of spawned from, uh, I, at the time, I've been on Twitch for a long time, and I, I noticed a lot of stuff that was going on that I wasn't really thrilled about, the changing landscape of stuff, and a lot of gray area with Twitch's rules. And I kind of went on a couple of, like, epic rants on my live stream for a couple nights in a row <laughs> during, uh, when Witcher 3 actually first came out, because it was, a uh, uh, a couple issues I had with it because it was like, yo, no one can stream it, but we're going to allow these special people to stream it because of whatever reason. There's a lot of stuff. So I went on these rants and it kind of, someone said, you're like the anti-hero of Twitch. And uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take that. And I kind of used that as my meme. And I was like, I need something cool, though, like to go with that anti-hero kind of thing. And of course, Punisher is like one of the best anti-heroes. So I was like, I asked my friend um, Amanda, uh, Amanda Arkham, um, known as Monster Arkham, uh, she has a Etsy and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, I asked her if she could make a corn, a modified Punisher logo, but make it look more like, you know, corn with, like, the little thing and all that. And For she sure. did it, and it looked great. And that's kind of like, that's I love that logo. It's one of my favorite logos. It looks pretty awesome, guys. Definitely check that out. And there's nothing more anti-hero than the Punisher, so that, that melds pretty well. Yep. So second thing, you probably get asked this a ton, but uh, your name. I, I've heard you explain this uh, several times on your on your stream, but could you go into like some specific detail about how that came about and how you decided this is the name I want to go with? So uh, the name the name Corn Shack is a combination of uh, the snack food corn nuts, uh, the character from Jet Set Radio known as Corn, and then of course the best video game of all time, which is Shack Fu. <laughs> and uh, I it was a complete random joke uh, back in high school, early college. Um, like forever ago now at this point, I, uh, me and my friends, you know how like you just hang out and you're, you're, you're really tired and then something really stupid becomes funny and you start laughing for no real discernible reason, but like it's just, for whatever reason, it's hilarious. It happens when I'm by myself. Uh, it's like, yeah, you just come up with that idea, you just some, think of something stupid in your head and you start laughing for no real whatever. Absolutely. And we're hanging out and for some reason I was eating, either I was eating or my friend was eating, I can't remember exactly who came up with the I thing exactly, but it was either me or my best friend Adam and, uh, I, we meant, I had corn nuts, and we mentioned that. I was like, 
And then there was Shaq Fu there, or Shaq, we mentioned Shaq, was like, what if we combine them? You would have, like, Corn Shaq. <laughs> like, the stupidest thing you could possibly ever combine and think of something. So it became kind of my joke name. And, uh, like, um, before on uh, forums, internet forums and stuff, I had a few other names and handles. Uh, but nothing that was, like, really whatever. At one point, I was Booberry, because I love the Booberry cereal. That's a good cereal. So, like, and it, that was, like, during the era where they weren't, like, every Halloween now they bring it back. But for a long time, they weren't bringing it back, or it was hard to find. So that became my moniker for a while. And then, like, when the Corn Shack thing happened, I just happened to think of that and put that as my YouTube name when I created my channel. And that's the name that's kind of now been stuck. It wasn't even something like that. I was super proud. I was like, this is the coolest name it just kind of was a joke, and has now become me. So. so it's sort of almost like a high school nickname. It was something that just kind of happened. You didn't really plan it. Yeah, you just kind of rolled with it. Completely, you know, just organically happened and just kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've been pretty busy this year at cons. You've been to quite a few. Uh, I've been following your, your Facebook and your YouTube and just kind of checking out stuff that you've been doing. What do you think about, so far, this is day three of Yumacon, what do you think about Detroit and the Yumacon experience? Detroit actually reminds me a lot of Baltimore, uh, from where I'm from, just because on the water, and it's a lot of the infrastructure reminds me. I know it's also not the hugest uh, city, and that's very much what Baltimore is, a very relatively small city considering. Uh, but I've, I've very much enjoyed it. It's my first time for the state of Michigan, and uh, it, everyone's been great. I've, you know, I've had no issues whatsoever, and you know, I definitely, I've noticed uh, a lot of people I talk to about, you know, like, how is the city, because I... People ask me how Baltimore is, because Baltimore has plenty of issues. So, and Detroit, obviously, has had some hard times. So, uh, it's a lot of people seem very optimistic here, which I think is cool about, like, the revitalization of a lot of stuff and, and going on. So, it seems like everything's going pretty cool here, and I, I like it. So, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's changed quite a bit. I mean, even uh, from two or three years ago, like I said, I used to work down here all the time, and it's really revitalized. There's a lot of money being put in here by Dan Gilbert and uh, the Illich family, too, from the Red Wings and stuff. So... It's pretty cool down here, man, honestly. And it's yeah. cool to have you come from another city and see a... Yeah, it's, and it's something that's kind of going on in Baltimore, too. Uh, Under Armour, in particular, because that's from Baltimore, the Maryland area. Uh, they're putting a lot of money. Amazon just came into Baltimore and is opening even more stuff. So I'm hoping that kind of stuff will be similar, like what's going on here, that we can you know revitalize these cities. Awesome stuff. So I've been following you for quite a long time, and what I really liked about your reviews compared to other people is you just kind of tell it how you feel. You have no no editing, really, no nonsense. You just kind of like, this game sucks, or this part's pretty cool, this part's not very good. So you don't really sugarcoat it or edit the video kind of like an AVGN or something like that. It's really very raw. Is that something you intended to do, or is that just you being Cornchek? Uh, uh, some part of necessity um, to produce reviews as quick as I can, as efficiently as I can. I don't want to... I don't... People will uh, recently have been accused of rushing games because of uh, the Bubsy review I just recently did because the game's like an hour long and people are like, oh, you, you rushed through it. It's, not, it's more than an hour. It's not really. <laughs> um, but anyway, regardless, it's just kind of one of those things where I, I want it to sound as real as it can be because that's what it is. I don't uh, write a script. Uh, I take, uh, I do notes when I'm reviewing a game. I you know uh, specific things that I want to make sure I cover, hit, uh, and then of course technical things like how much the game crashes and slows down and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I kind of have that like up on uh, when our, uh, if you look at any of my reviews where I'm standing and recording, I have a big TV that's in front of me and I have that on there, my notes. So other than that, I kind of just reference it to make sure I'm hitting it, the points that I want to. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's just kind of like I thought that would be much better. I don't try to throw a lot of jokes in there and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily my style. It's not that I couldn't. Um, you know, you can always come up with fun, creative puns or other stuff other than my intro. Uh, you know, other stuff to throw in there. But I was like, I really just want to kind of, as quickly and efficiently as possible, get people to know, is this game for them? Mm -hmm. You know, my, I give a score at the end of the review, but it's really kind of, it's not arbitrary, but it's more like, the score isn't really what's important about my review. My review is just about, like, informing the consumer on whether or not they should spend money on whatever product that I'm reviewing at that time. So I just try to get it out there as quick as I can. And I think personally that's what I like about your reviews is that that's what I, I want. Um, I like the funny stuff too, but I mean that's a whole separate category to me. It doesn't have to be mixed in with the review. So that's why I watch a lot of Cornshack's video when I started my YouTube two years ago and I was starting to beat games. I would watch his Play It Through series just because he would tell me exactly what was going on, exactly his opinions, this control sucks or this thing works and this thing doesn't. And it was very, very accurate and informative as opposed to uh, a joke every five seconds or uh, edited, spliced in video uh, it just, for me, that kind of review is kind of obsolete in its old age, and what you're doing is more 
uh, more directed towards me as a market. And I think a lot of the Detroit people like that, um, honestly. So it's, I'm happy to show that to them and bring you to that market. Um, so retro video games for me, it, it brings me back to a time when the life was simpler and it made more sense to me and, and everything just seemed like rainbows and butterflies back in the day. So that's why I like playing retro games. It reminds me of that old time. Um, for you, I know a lot of different personalities have similar stories, but what is it for you that makes you want to play retro games? Uh, my passion for gaming in general, I think, is what it is. Um, I've been gaming since I could hold a controller, and it's no joke. There's footage. I wish I had a lot of it. Unfortunately, um, stuff that happened over the years, and we lost a lot of the VHS tapes of me, like my home movies of me as a kid or whatever. Uh, they'd be, I wish I had them, because they're hilarious, because they're so bad. <laughs> but there's one point I'm beating, I beat Castlevania 2 at the age of like four or five, and I'm like covered in chocolate pudding. <laughs> it's like the stupid, I'm like, it's hard, like it would be so like hilarious to look at now, but I'm like, beating Castlevania 2, I have pudding on my face, and yet I'm beating that game. You I wish find that. <laughs> I, I wish I had that, I wish I could find that, that, that footage, but um, it's just, I, I've always loved gaming, and I love sharing my passion for gaming with people, um, you know, and it, I think gaming, uh, because it's become such, it's such a huge part of my life, uh, I love going back and looking at every gen. I love every generation of gaming and almost every genre. Like, there's very few genres of games I don't really, I can't really sink my teeth into and get really involved in. But um, even when I'm reviewing ones of games and genres that I'm not really that huge into, I always try to at least look at, you know, is this good as far as that genre is concerned? Like, if you know, I'm not really into realistic racing games, but if I play one, I sh I, I can tell, you know, is this a good realistic racing game? But um, yeah, and no, I, I love that old school stuff of being able to kind of just go back and uh, touching on that nostalgia for people when they watch, I get comments all the time of people being like, I love this game as a kid, or I could never beat this game as a kid, and bringing that kind of, or, or the best I love is like, oh, I completely forgot about this game, or I could never remember its name, and your video finally, you know, brought that back. Uh, you know, that's a cool feeling, because I've had those moments too. I, I, it took me for years and years and years. Um, to, to figure out a couple of games that, like from the NES era, uh, Magic the Scheherazade. Mm -hmm. Like, I could never, I knew that game existed. I remember my parents renting it, but I could never remember its name until so many years later. So, the fact that I can help people sometimes with that is really cool. I rented that game. Um, I played it for like an hour, had no idea, and I took it back. <laughs> and then uh, I think I ended up getting Blaster Master, uh, and I just fell in love with that. Um, but I, probably like you, I was at the rental store pretty much every day. It, it was one of those deals, because I only would get games on like Christmas and my birthday, but we every Friday after school was go to Blockbuster or go to the local video store, whatever it was at the time. Uh, sometimes both, because uh, I had a video, I had a, a small uh, video game and uh, video store near my house that was like only a couple blocks away, and the nearest Blockbuster I had, you know, we had to drive to. So a lot of times on a Friday, I would actually, uh, because my school bus, the way it would come home, uh, the first stop at my neighborhood was right in front of the video store. So I would just get off there, go rent a game, and then come back to my house. So. Like taxi service, that's awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was like awesome the way that was able to work out. And I, I was running new games, at, like, well, a different game every week. A lot of times they were terrible, because you never know. You're just like, oh, this looks cool, because the box art's cool. And then you play it, and you're like, oh. And then you're stuck with it all weekend. I think they got everybody with the box art trick. They always. <laughs> and I, what's great, though, is I love that artwork. Especially, like, um, even more so older than NES, like Atari. The the artwork for Atari games was incredible at that time. It's know. a lot more misleading on Atari than it is on Yeah, Nintendo, exactly. Sure. You see some of that artwork, and you're like, wow, this looks amazing. You play it's like, yeah, because it's, it's barely... A, what, is, what is that? That's a, oh, that's a spaceship. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I tried speedrunning some Atari <laughs> games because there's very few <laughs> records, and I just couldn't do it. It was It's just not enough... After doing NES, there's just not enough substance for me, and I, I grew up with NES more than Atari, so... Yeah, it's same. same. Uh, I was first exposed to it, uh, a couple, uh, an older family member had uh, an Atari 2600, and that's where I was first introduced to, like, um, Adventure, and uh, that was kind of my, my first forte into, like, fantasy games, and that started my love for fantasy and eventually RPGs and all that stuff, so I love Atari, but I didn't grow up, that wasn't my, NES is my first system. For sure. So we talked about retro... It looks like recently you've started to release more reviews that are for more modern stuff, like for PS4, Xbox One, that kind of stuff. Is that uh, a formatting change for your channel, or is it just trying to expand your content into different markets? Uh, it was kind of blind luck that I, um, two years ago, I did a rant, basically, on Batman Arkham Knight, because mm -hmm. I had a lot of issues with the game when it came out, and I'm a huge Batman fan. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted Arkham Knight to be amazing, and I just was disappointed. And I just kind of made a vlog ranting about it, not really anything special, but it did really well. I called it Batman Arkham Knight Review or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, this did well, and it's a review. And I'd always, 
you know, been asked if I should, you know, hey, you should do reviews, you should do reviews, but I wasn't really, like, that confident in doing them because there were so many other reviewers out there, there's already these other websites. No one wants, you know, I didn't think anybody would want my opinion on, like, the newest games. Uh, but after that did pretty well, and I did another one, and then slowly I kind of start the create the format that my reviews are now, and uh, they've kind of taken over my channel. Like that's become. I, I still love my retro, and I still do as uh, as many retro play. I call them my play it through series, my retro walkthrough series. Uh, I still try to do as many of those as I can. Um, you know, at least one a week is usually my goal. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, like uh, the modern reviews have really what's grown my channel. I mean, I, I almost doubled my subscription. Uh, and subscri subscriber base in the last year and a half just because of that modern review thing so right and I've noticed that as well and I, I think uh, I think because of the way you reviewed retro stuff you're now reviewing that for modern games and I think those that are available out there that review modern games are not like Kornchak he has a completely different background in that stuff and is experiencing them now as a retro gamer I think uh, I see a lot of reviewers who are from that generation reviewing the game so I like watching your stuff on the modern thing because it gives me a much more, much better perspective. That's that's closer to what I feel like, you know, because you you've played through Battletoads, you know, those yes. kind of things. <laughs> so when you when you play Call of Duty or Batman: Arkham Asylum, you have an expectation of what the game should be like. When I when we played Batman for the NES, it met the expectation for me and because at that time that was a really really advanced game and it was really good, had good soundtrack, good gameplay. Even though it was hard, oh, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And I, I I expect that standard for newer games, but that's not really about the graphics or the or any of that stuff. It's really just about is this a fun game to play? Is it is it have replayability, or is it boring, or is there is there too many glitches in DLC for it to be real? Right. You know, and I, I think he really hits the he really hits the mark on that. So um, you have a bonus channel called Corn Shack Two that I just actually found out about. Uh, I, yeah, it, I need to do more with it. Okay, yes, it so what's exist. that for? I mean, you have like a plan for that? I I, I mean, so one thing with uh, with one talking about the modern reviews, they've kind of completely taken over my life as far as content is concerned, so I'm always working, like I'm doing something like this, uh, and I, I should have actually brought my PS4 to Detroit just so I could actually work a little bit uh, while I'm here, because we have, uh, thankfully it's starting to slow down a little bit, uh, but the month of October was humongous, there's so many big, big name games coming out. Yes. Um, but, uh, so like, with those reviews taking over so much of my time, I, I, I don't like to be stagnant, I love, I, I come up with new ideas for videos all the time, but Sometimes it takes months or years for me to finally like sit down and actually do it. Um, and I, I've experimented a little bit. I love doing the retro reviews that I've done. Mm -hmm. um, I've only done about 12 or 13 of them so far, and it's been a while since I did one. I'm really hoping once kind of the holiday season slows down, I can get back into those retro reviews because they're a lot of fun. Um, but because of the modern reviews taking over so much, like I create the Corn Shack 2 channel mostly just to show either like random gameplay footage. Um, reaction stuff, stuff that like is like I want to do, but like that way I'm not cluttering my main channel with a lot of uh, content that may not necessarily be like everyone's, you know, what they're looking for. Like sort of trailer reactions, or uh, I, I really was thinking about doing because I get sent a lot of Steam codes, and it's nothing against Steam games, but I can only play so many games in a week for a review. So a lot of times I'm like, hey, are you playing? I ask the developer, are you coming to console? Uh, because if that's the case, it's a much better chance that the review will do better. It's you know even though because Steam is just so flooded with games, mm -hmm. and I don't mean it's like it's not like saying hey I'm sorry that I can't review your game or whatever, but I would love to be able to start picking up that channel to do like very small Steam reviews, even quicker. Listen up, developers. <laughs> very qu even quicker reviews than what I'm doing on my main channel, and that's what I'm thinking. And, and that would include also because I've experimented a little bit with mobile. Um, and a couple of mobile reviews have done okay for me. Okay. So I would love to do more of those and more Steam games, especially the really small Steam games that are actually worth your time. Because they're, when 30 games release in a single day on Steam, there's at least one or two that are worth your time. But the problem is you're never going to find them because there's just so much garbage. I've found that also with Steam. Uh, I want to play everything, but I just don't have the time to play everything. For you, having the channel and reviewing stuff, um, there's just even less time. Yeah. You know, so developers out there, if you're going to the game, definitely come to console. There's a lot more reviewers on console than there are for PC games. And the, the bigger base that you get on console is going to help you in the PC market as well. That's just that's just from, from gamers' mouths to yeah, you. Especially, and one system in particular, I'm glad it's finally there, is the Switch. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very happy with the indie development that's going on on Switch. There's a lot of companies uh, that now are releasing this now. Like It was very slow at first because the Switch had just come out. 
but now we're getting like five, six, seven, eight indie games a week on, on Switch as well. So, and that's a very um, passionate fan base. The Switch fans, uh, good or bad, are very, very passionate. And uh, that, I think, if I was going to give any advice to a developer, a small developer out there, focus on maybe getting on the Switch because there's definitely uh, a very passionate gaming fan base there. I think no matter what Nintendo releases, it's always going to be good, uh, regardless if it, if it fits the fans' mold in their mind. I didn't think the Switch was going to fit what I wanted it to be when, when I heard about it, but then when I actually played it and saw the games, I fell in love with it just like every other Nintendo system. So Nintendo has some sort of magic in figuring out what's, what's going to be good and, and separating themselves from the other uh, game systems. Um, so let's let's talk about we've talked about retro we've talked about your modern reviews let's talk about speedrunning um, I'm I'm I just started into speedrunning about a year ago I'm I'm super excited about it I love doing it um, I myself have five world records but Cornshack has twelve I'm gonna I'm gonna read them off here okay, so I I saw your list you sent me the list and I was like okay good so I still have twelve because yeah, I've lost a lot in the last year because I just haven't had the time to get back into them mm -hmm. but yeah I still at least I have twelve so yes yeah, twelve I I checked. Um, so he's got uh, Snoopy's Silly Sports Spectacular. He's got one record in that game. He's got two world records in Eight Eyes, which is a, a really fun game that I loved as a kid. Uh, he's got six world records in WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo 64, Doug's Big Game for the Game Boy, Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the Game Boy, WCW vs. NWO World Tour for the 64, which I played for about eight months straight uh, my friend's basement. It's an awesome game. And uh, Captain Novolin for the Super Nintendo, which I have no idea what that is. I've never even heard oh, of it. Oh, that's the diabetes game. That's a diabetes game. It's uh, he's a diabetic superhero. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he has to uh, take his insulin at the beginning of each uh, day of the, er, every level, and uh, you can't uh, eat. There's food you have to eat, but you have to eat the right balance of food. If you eat too much, you end up passing out. You eat not enough, you pass out. It's a it's was a, this released? Like, yes, oh. Super Nintendo game. It was wow. by um, the same people. Uh, there's a few educational, edutainment, health games out there for the SNES. Okay. Uh, the three big ones are uh, Captain Novelin, um, Rex Ronin, Experimental Surgeon. I've heard of that one. Which was the one about uh, stopping like tooth decay from cigarette smoking. <laughs> uh, and then there's also Bronchi the Bronchosaurus, which was about uh, asthma, a dinosaur with asthma. Uh, and actually, they were also doing a game, another superhero game called The AIDS Avenger, but it never got released. Wow. Okay. Um, it, there's footage of it, like a little bit of footage of it. I actually did a full review, a retro review for Captain Novelin, uh, which I, that's when I discovered about, oh, there was supposed to be a game called AIDS Avenger. Uh, but yeah, so interesting stuff. Like, I don't know why those games existed or why they, whatever, but yeah. Well, I'm going to check out the Captain Novelin review. I did not know that existed. I will post it on 8-Bit Steve and all the social media stuff so you guys can check it out as well. Um, as far as speedrunning goes, what, what was your first experience with speedrunning? How did you find out about it? And what drew you into it? What keeps you in it? Uh, the main reason I got into speedrunning is I've, I've been actually speedrunning my whole life uh, from gaming because of only getting those few games on Christmas or uh, my birthday. Like, you like had to get the most out of the game. So I would play them and play them and play them. And after a while, I was just getting better and better, and I wanted to see how fast I could beat them. And I, I tell this story. I've done a few uh, speedrunning panels over the years. Mm -hmm. And I tell people uh, the story of um, back in the day, McDonald's did a promotion for their Happy Meal with uh, Michael Jordan. And there was stuff like you get like toy wise, but it wasn't like toys. It was like a water bottle and some jump rope maybe and some other you know health related stuff. And one of the things was a stopwatch. And I actually would use the Michael Jordan stopwatch from McDonald's to time my how fast I could beat Mega Man Two or whatever. You don't do that now, do you? No, <laughs> I, 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 there's other there's much much better timers. And um, back uh, you know probably six seven years ago now, when Speed Demo's archive had you know it's been around for a little bit and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was like I figured just naive that oh every game has a record by now like and this is like 2010 2009 I was like I, th I figured every game had been speed run especially retro you mm -hmm. know had been speed run there was a record uh, I found out on I looked at speed demos I saw that eight eyes did not have a record and since eight eyes is a game that means a ton to me like that's uh, people ask me it's like is there any record you have that you will fight for adamantly and eight eyes is my is my game and I mean, I argue, I, no one should, but I argue that I probably know more about that game than anyone in the world. That's probably uh, Maybe even the creators at this point, the developers. Um, but um, with that game, so I, I saw that no one had it, so that's when I started to be like, hmm, I think I maybe could do this. And that's when I started doing it, and my, you know, my first initial time was like 23 or 24 minutes, and it wasn't a very solid run. They didn't accept it the first time around. Because uh, it just wasn't perfect, or mm -hmm. and, you know, for speed demo, it, for those who don't know about speed demos archive, 
the point of the site was not only to have world record speed runs, but have it in a very high quality run. Like it have really good video quality uh, and stuff like that. It's not like today where anyone who can do a live stream can just take their speed run right from their live stream with their you know webcam on and all that. And as long as whatever, they can upload it and that's the world record. <laughs> yep. Speed demo archive, you had to have like a very precise, not TAS or tool assisted, mm -hmm. but close, like as close as you could get. Uh, with human control, and that's what they wanted. So I did another one, it was like 22 minutes and some seconds, and that became like the first recognized world record for Eight Eyes. Uh, and that stood for a while until another speedrunner, a very famous speedrunner uh, named Fiesel, uh, decided to start running Eight Eyes. And after he started running it, I got back into Eight Eyes, and we've, we, we traded the record back and forth at least six times. Uh, before it's now currently what it is because he decided to move on. The, not that he couldn't beat me. Somebody else out there can beat me. Uh, there's definitely stuff that could be improved in my run. Uh, but he kind of moved on to other games, and I haven't gone back to improve it since it's kind of like the record that it currently is. But, uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of got into speed running. And then second one I did was Wally Bear. Uh, Wally Bear and the No Gang. No the game. the uh, the awful, uh, you know, don't do drugs game. Uh, Unlicensed. Unlicensed, uh, and actually, that's another, it's funny that uh, we talked about Captain Novaland a little bit ago. Uh, Wally Bear's another one I did a kind of a retro review for, and I researched and found out more about like the history of the character and then all that kind of stuff. So that one I have seen. Yeah, that I, that was fun because I got to do some stupid stuff in that one. So yeah. I like that video. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like when you do like off the wall stuff. Um, that's kind of out of the mainstream. But uh, back onto the speedrunning thing, I, I have the same uh, experience as you when I first started. I didn't think speed demos was going to get really huge. Your speedrunning was going to be very large. Uh, and th that it is now with AGDQ and all these things. Um, and even today, for those out there who are going to do speedrunning, there are still thousands and thousands Tons. of games that have no runs. Tons. And there are thousands of games that only have one run that somebody just kind of threw up there to get a world record really quickly. So, like uh, Cornshack was talking about, uh, you know, if when you get two speedrunners going back and forth, the run becomes more and more and more optimized. Eventually, you'll get to a point where it can be improved, yes. but it's going to take months and months and months of resets, thousands and thousands of resets. And when the record gets to that point, it's very unlikely that somebody's going to put that kind of time into that record, given that there's lots of other records that could be that could be uh, attacked. Actually grabbed, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, just especially with on the lesser known games. Mm -hmm. um, I always give people like if there's a, a game out there that you loved as a kid, and maybe people really didn't play that much, or you haven't seen many people talk about. You know, if you have a passion for it, you know, you could probably claim that record. Like you can work on it and definitely get. It. There's a lot of obscure. Especially NES, SNES, and Genesis games out there that still don't have records. Especially Genesis. The Genesis is one of the least speedrun consoles out there, and you wouldn't think that given its popularity. Uh, I've seen NES is probably one of the most popular, but there's still at least 150 games that don't even have records, and some that have very, very easily beatable records. Um, so uh, that leads me into my next segment here, actually. What. I know you do speedrun panels, and you do uh, speedrunning 101 and a lot of stuff. I haven't been able to see that yet. What do you say in that? What do you tell people, uh, new people who want to speedrun, or, or, or specific tips that you would give? Uh, for a big part of what I emphasize with speedrunning speed 101 is to do it for fun, not going for the record. Because what I liked about speedrunning, what I've loved about speedrunning, is uh, the games that I already knew, or games I already loved, you learn much more about them the more and more you speedrun them. And you know, sometimes it becomes frustrating, you just feel like, oh, now I'm done with this game. And other times, uh, there's little things that just makes you appreciate the game even more. You, you know, you, you just learn there's little tiny. Oh wow, that that's how the programmers, you know, they put that little thing in there. Um, because if you go after just the world records, and you get you're gonna get frustrated quickly. Uh, it's a lot of same advice I give with YouTubers as far as like putting up content. Like you put up, like if you compare yourself to the big ones, you're going after there's big numbers. You're not reaching right away. You're just gonna get disappointed and leave and, and quit. So like with speedrunning, I always am like, play a game that you already know and love and just see how well you can do with it and just see if speedrunning is your kind of cup of tea. Because it's not for everyone. Speedrunning, you know, anyone can do it, but it's not for everyone as far as the dedication of really learning the ins and outs and, you know, uh, hitboxes and frame-perfect inputs and all that kind of stuff that, you know, is like the really like the super nerdy part of playing a video game. It's like learning like that precise pixel move. Like I can barely make this jump or I can barely hit this enemy or whatever it may be. Uh, but if you're someone who can get into that kind of stuff, there's just this world of speedrunning that like opens up games in ways that you didn't expect them to be opened up. Absolutely. Um, playing speedrunning a game, it almost, it's almost like a totally different game. You learn 
everything there is to know about the game, every single little trick, every single little glitch. And what I always tell people, um, the same as him, anyone can do it. It's 45% time, 45% effort, 10% skill. A lot of people think you have to have some unnatural gaming skill when they watch a speed run, but what you're watching is thousands and thousands of resets <laughs> exactly. and hours of attempts. So it's time and effort is the big, big portion of speed running. Yeah. Um, let's move on here. Um, so you, you touched on this a little bit, uh, YouTube. So uh, if someone's watching this in the Detroit area, they want to start a new YouTube, what advice do you give them? What do you tell them? Like, uh, they're going to ask questions like, what kind of content should I have? Uh, what kind of formatting should I have? What, what is your advice? Um, what I actually, is funny, I, another big panel I've been doing the last few cons I've gone to is uh, gaining a foothold on YouTube. Uh, and it's a lot of basic stuff like, you know, if you're already established on YouTube, it's stuff that you probably already know or whatever. But um, a lot, as far as YouTube is concerned, I tell people is try to find your niche. Um, it could be involving gaming, but look or whatever. Look for something that maybe hasn't been covered yet, uh, or something that's becoming a thing. Uh, whether is a game that's starting to gain in popularity, um, because like everyone's covering so much stuff with games, but maybe you could be the whatever thing. Uh, yeah, just it's been covered to death, but let's just use like Undertale as an example when that game first dropped. Yeah. Um, if you were someone who saw that, hey, Undertale's starting to gain a little bit, and you made a YouTube channel that was about Undertale, you could have immediately started gaining that, you know, you would be the Undertale guy or the Undertale woman. You know, you are the person that they come to for that stuff. Um, I recommend highly get, trying to find that little time, even if it's something extremely, extremely small. But if you're the person that's known for that small thing, that's still an accomplishment more so than doing just generic video game videos that everyone else is doing as well. Uh, one thing I highly say is like Let's Plays should not be your channel. Let's Plays, Let's Plays can be part of your channel. Ten years ago, Let's Plays, you could have made your, you were made bank. But unless you are um, the very, very high end of the personality uh, and luck uh, that you can grow your channel that big just solely on Let's Plays, uh, a lot of times um, when getting onto YouTube, it's really kind of finding something else whatever it is, and you know, I can't give uh, the exact thing to do because obviously, you know, they gotta find out yourself, but I definitely recommend looking for like something very specific that you can kind of corner the market on, and that'll really start helping your uh, your growth. Um, I mean, you, you heard it here. It, I think that's sound advice. I mean, it's not something like to say, hey, don't do videos that you wanna do. Do them, love them, embrace them, and enjoy. Like, the whole point of doing videos and YouTube and stuff like that, you wanna do it for yourself, and you wanna love your content. So, and if you don't mind, if you don't like care, you know, if one person watches or a million people watch, you know, do what you love, do what you want. But at the same time, if you're wanting to make it, you have to like kind of work in the system and, and find that like that little, little spot where you can kind of sneak in and get your, your market. Awesome. All right. Um, so we're going to, we're going to have some fun here. Um, we're going to play a couple of fun games. All right. Is that, is that okay with you? Yeah, sure. Okay. So we're going to play a game called, do you know? Okay. And it's going to be trivia questions about Corn Shack. And so I'm going to see what Corn Shack knows about Corn Shack. Oh, God. Okay. I have a terrible memory a lot of times. <laughs> so, like, if you ask me, okay, well, this will be interesting because I'll probably fail. So be prepared for this. That's part of the fun, my friend. That's uh, part of the fun. Yeah. Okay, so let me, uh, let me pull up the answers, which I did not send to him. Yes, this I did not, not know. He does not know the answers to not. these questions. No. Okay. All right, so um, what date was your YouTube channel opened? April, well, the Cornchat Gaming channel? Correct. The new one, the one, because, okay, I had an original channel, but then I had closed it because of a the, lot of the stuff. Current that, one. The, the one current one. The current one, April 20th, 2008. That is correct. One for Cornchat. Okay, so they're going to get harder from now on. Get, yeah, that, okay, that was the easy one. <laughs> yeah, that was the Knowing the specific date of yeah. when I created my channel. How many videos do you currently have on YouTube? Oh, uh, in the 2400s. 2400 and... 78. No, it's actually 2,412. That's okay. pretty close. We'll give you half a point. Okay, like, I get 2,400. I knew it was around. Yeah, that's was. pretty close, actually. <laughs> All right, on your first day of YouTube, how many videos did you upload? A lot, because uh, it was my second channel. I don't know. I'm, I, I uploaded a ton. I re-uploaded my whole Monster Party review. Or I think that was four parts there. Uh, or not review, a uh, walkthrough. Micro Machines went up, I think, the first day, too. That was mm. like seven or eight videos. Um, so, guess. I uh, forty. The correct answer is eight. Oh, only eight on the first. The correct day? answer was eight. Yes, yes. Okay. This is fact checked. This okay, fact -checked. so it was just some pride mic machines or something like that. Or well, let's let's move on to the next question. Oh, <laughs> was my first video. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. How many total views do you have on your YouTube channel? 
Total views? Total views. If uh, you get somewhere near it, I'll give it to you. 10,400,000. That's pretty close. It's 10,606,112, which is a lot of eyeballs watching this guy. Hopefully a lot more in the future. So that's pretty close. We'll, we'll, give, him, we'll give him some credit for that one. Um, what game did you do your first play it through for? My very first one ever? Well, my very first playthrough was actually the Super Mario 2 video that became the Retsu Prey video. That was a trick question. So, um, what was your first playthrough on your current gaming channel? It was either Monster Party or Micro Machines or one of those, like right around that time. So, um, it's a 50 50 shot. <laughs> um, I'll go with Monster Party. It was actually Micro Machines. Okay. So the next question is, what game was featured in your first Game Music Appreciation Theater, which you now know was Monster Party. Monster Party. Right, yeah. So he, yeah, he used right to have a series time. called Game Music Appreciation Theater, Yes. for I, those who don't know. It was actually pretty awesome. Um, I liked that feature. I wish you would do something with that again in the future, because I really like gaming music. Um, but he yeah, did, I, a, he I did I Monster did, Party. I did a very... Uh, last year... I, I like doing top tens, too. I just don't have a lot of time to do them. I did one on... Um, like best underwater songs for the NES, mm -hmm. and that was kind of like a, a fork, like going back into that a little bit. Uh, it's just because mainly a lot of the copyright stuff is the reason why I kind of like got out of uh, doing the game music appreciation theater. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that was mainly the, the main reason why mm -hmm. it was because of that. All right, bonus question: How many parts was your Micro Machine video? Eight, six, six, six. So yeah, uh, take take a cue from him. If you're going to be on YouTube, upload anything, upload everything. Um, just because it doesn't get a lot of views, just leave it there. Um, try different angles, try anything that you can get to get yes. traction. Uh, play things that you love and have fun with, and as long as you're putting passion and love into the channel, eventually it will grow. It might not get to two million subscribers or something crazy like that, but you just never know. It's YouTube, right? It's, it's true, like YouTube, like, and, I, and I tell people with like, experiment, and if you do find something that works, um, you know, stick with it. Uh, and that's why I, I mentioned uh, with the panel I talked, I did yesterday, I, I tell people, I'm just like, if, uh, don't do anything that you're not willing to do a lot of. So if it's something like a silly voice, or a really crazy character, or some really crazy editing effects, or whatever it may be, don't do it unless you're going to be willing to do it every day. Yeah. Uh, because, like, if you're doing, like, um, like, a lot of my, you know, I don't really have a ton of, like, a character that I portray, you know, I very much me. Uh, is what I, you know, in my videos. Uh, but if you are somebody who, like, is very much, like, you know, a soft-spoken person, but you can, like, turn it up that notch just for, like, a little bit of time, be prepared that you're, if that works, you're gonna have to turn that notch all the time. So be ready that whatever works, that you're gonna be willing to do it every day or every week or every month or whatever it may be. Okay. All right, we're gonna play another game. Uh, I do this live a lot. Uh, I do a lot of live stuff around here. Uh, so one of my favorite speedrunners is TMR, which you're probably familiar yes. with. Um, I started a similar thing that he was doing where I was playing through all the NES games. I'm about 200 in. Okay. Um, so what I've, I've seen a huge portion of the library that most people should never ever see. Um, so I have uh, five little challenges here. Uh, I'm going to show the list of Corn Shack. I'm going to let him kind of pick which ones he wants to try and see how he does. So we're going to cut and we'll get back to that. All right. That's the interview with Corn Shack. Cool dude, right? Yeah. Man, I'm down. I to didn't realize how cool he was. Down to earth. Uh, it's funny how he was just like you, you know, just like the videos. Like you know, sometimes you you meet somebody and you compare him to Twitch if you watch him on stream or YouTube, and you're like, wow, that guy's completely different. It's totally a personality. This is like Corn Shack. It's Corn Shack. You know, like yeah. it's cool. Absolutely. I, I I was in the room with him. You know, we talked off camera. Uh, we interacted by email. So. Cornchak in the video is Cornchak. Uh, a couple things. He he's very tall. He's six foot three, and you wouldn't know that from the videos. But I'm six foot two, so when I walked in, I was like, "Whoa, you're you're a lot taller than I expected." Um, he was very very nice, very very cool. He was open to pretty much anything that I was doing. He he laughed at all the jokes uh, mostly. So he's very very like his videos, very much so like that. And that's what I wanted because his reviews are are a lot like I want them to be. I wish more reviewers were like him. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And he's very unique in that, and I want him to be bigger, and I want Detroit to know about those reviews because if you if you really want to play a retro game or, or any video game, um, you know, in the interview, you talked about the Bubsy review, and, 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 and um, if you want to know about that game, watch the review. You'll know everything about it. And when you play it, you'll be like, yeah, this is literally everything about Bubsy that you want to know as a gamer. So that's what I liked about him, and like I said, he's just, he's a really cool guy, and 
hopefully in the future we can have more content from him and uh, 8-Bit Steve can interact with him more and we can do more fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. We want to thank Cornshack one more time for the time you spent with GameZilla and 8-Bit Steve. That was, uh, that was awesome. Um, 8-Bit Steve did mention videos just recently and uh, those we're going to be having some exclusive videos. Hit our patron, uh, or sorry, hit Patreon. Uh, exclusive for our patrons. So yeah, stay tuned for that. That's going to be pretty exciting when that gets launched or uh, released. And then uh, we do, there is a, there's a bunch of footage that we're, that we're still cutting through and, and Ape and Steve's cutting through that, that some of it could just hit, uh, hit the YouTube channel. So we'll keep you posted on social media about w- when all that's going live. Uh, other than that, I just want to thank Ape and Steve again for the interview, for coming over to the studio today and, and taking some time. And I want to give him the floor to uh, tell us about you know your projects and what you got coming up and stuff. Well, I just again thanks. Uh, want to thank you guys for having me on. I think we talked more off camera than we did on <laughs> camera. Honestly, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, so it's cool to finally meet you guys and 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 be on the show and have fun. A um, couple things, uh, like he was saying, uh, there's an eight bit Steve challenge section which you get hinted at in the interview. Um, I have videos of those challenges of me and Cornshack playing NES games. That's going to be exclusive content from 8-Bit Steve and from Motor City Gaming and the GameZilla team. So look for that to come soon. Uh, the other shout-out is I want to th- uh, just really, really appreciate my fiance Heather, for allowing me to explore this gaming thing and, and just be supportive of me. It's really nice to have a person in your life like that. I'm sure you guys have those as well. So shout-out to her and the, my all my family and my supporters, the the hundred or so of them that watch me and, and follow me and come to my live events. So thank you to all those people. I appreciate all of you. Um, next shout out is Wolverine Lake Films. That is the studio who recorded the interview audio and the video in 4K. Uh, his name is Adam. Awesome guy. He's going to be doing more stuff for me uh, in the future, and it worked out really, really well. Uh, so shout out to him. You're going to see links to that and to Cornshack stuff in my social media and hopefully your guys' as well. Um, another project I'm working on, and hopefully we can pair this up with something GameZilla related, is a project called uh, Project Fusion. And basically what it is is uh, I'm trying to make speedruns and uh, pop culture content a little more fun. Uh, paired up with the DJ, his name is Brandon, uh, DJ Bonnick. Um, he remixes soundtracks for speedruns and also for TV commercials, cartoon intros like X-Men or uh, <sighs> Don't Don't Wake Daddy. Um, or we did a Friday the 13th video uh, on should Halloween. I, should I do it? Do it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> Uh, right. So uh, you can check that out on uh, Facebook, Project Fusion. That's Project with a K, P-R-O-J-E-K-T, Fusion. Um, we're also on YouTube. You can, under the same name. Um, so check those two things. We are gonna we only have one video up now, but we, we're going to be releasing more, and we're going to be doing a lot of live shows in the next year, hopefully some with uh, Motor City Gaming. We'll see how that goes. But definitely in cons all over the place next year, so come check that out. And um, the final thing uh, that I wanted to say to you guys is, uh, again, just... Um, uh, thank you for having this podcast. You know, um, I listen to it a lot, um, as much as I can, given my busy schedule. Thank you for putting out great content. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for allowing Cornchak to be on your show. Um, there's going to be more interviews coming. There's going to be more Ape and Steve content coming, and hopefully we can we can pair up again. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we had a great time. Uh, Ape and Steve, amazing dude. We're gonna we're gonna play some video games after this, so we're gonna we're gonna get wrapping cool. this up because we we want to play games and we don't want to talk anymore. But um, no, seriously. <laughs> Cornchak was awesome. I hope I hope we can you know like you said get some more content from him. Maybe collaborate with him. Uh, we're going to be working with you def- with Ape and Steve a lot more. Um, you know, it's just been I, I love. This is why we started this, right? Like bit by eight bit, BXAP gaming, mo- whatever you want to call us. Wherever you jumped on board, Motor City Gaming, Gamezilla, whatever it was. Like you know that the group has always expanded. It's always grown. And it's because we meet people, you know, because of what we started. And that was the whole goal was build a community, grow the community here locally, and then show the world what this community can do. Right. And so now we have someone here that's holding world records right here in Michigan, holding speed, speed runs, world records that, you know, we want to make sure people get to watch it. People get, you know, people get to meet them at these events. And that's, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that we do here at Motor City Gaming, GameZilla. And, yeah, uh, I, I had a blast today. I'm looking forward to the future. And, you know, thanks again to 8 Steve for the for 
going to Yumacon and, and getting this interview when all the, you know, police, the Yumacon police were saying, nay, nay. <laughs> no, no interviews. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would like to thank everybody that supports us on Patreon. Without you guys, this show wouldn't exist because we created this show just for you. So if you want early access to amazing stuff like Ape and Steve has told us about, videos... And we all know that you like videos. Video game videos with video games in the video. That's like video Inception. overload. <laughs> you have to go to patreon.com slash gamezilla podcast. Start your patronage today for videos. All right. We would like to thank our sponsor, Detroit Beard Collective. If you have a beard, if you know someone with some facial fur, you need to send them to DetroitBeardCollective.com. And we want to help you save some money, so use that code MCGAMING at checkout, and you will save 20% on all orders over $25. That's about it. I uh, oh, think it was a good episode 33. Bass. Maybe the best episode That's what I'm going to call him. Bass. Badass Steve. Wow. <laughs> okay. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I mentioned this, but uh, personally, to Cornshack, thank you so much for doing the interview with me. I know you could have done it with a lot of other places and a lot of other people. Uh, definitely follow him on Patreon. He's got a lot of awesome rewards on there. I personally follow him on Patreon. It's worth it. He 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 deserves every single dollar that he gets for the hard work he puts in every day in the videos. There you go. All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up, and we will uh, see you next week. And until then, game, game on. on. Steve Allen. Oh, no, wait. That's Barry Allen. You're Never mind. You're done, man. You're done.